Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. All right, guys, today I want to talk with you about some tricks that can help you get over author brick walls. And I don't know how I have not picked up the last lecture until today, last night, but I'm already on page 77. I started reading it last night because I had some time that I could not use my computer and I had to busy my mind. And instead of just random on my phone, I'd I'd already done my devotionals for the day. I had to pick up something. I was going to get restless. And what better way for me than to pick up a new book, one that um, I bought for the boys and I wanted us to read it. I wanted my um, one of my goals was to read this book this year anyway. So I was like, oh, it's a short little book. Let me get started. Well, there's a quote that I'm pulled from this book and Randy says the brick walls are there to give us a chance to show how badly we want something and it just hit me it resonated with me strong when I read it and I was like that's what happens to me when I'm in this author world and I've got all these brick walls and um, it's just there to say hey what are you gonna do you're gonna climb over it you're going to go around it. You're going to bulldoze through it. Or are you going to get people to help you carve out a door? Like, what is it that, you know, I need to do with the Lord's help to get me through all of these brick walls? And so I went off Twitter last night. I just threw the quote up there. And when I woke up this morning, the quote still stayed with me. And I said, you know, authors, we have brick walls. Especially when we come to a blank screen or we're holding ourselves back from writing. And so what can we do to help overcome some of that? Well, first I'm going to tell you to always pray, pray in all things, seek the Lord. When you get stuck, there may be a reason why, you know, I mentioned this in an earlier podcast when I was talking about, I was all into this novel. I got to chapter 11, they hit this brick wall. Well, it wasn't meant to be that way. That was just like the roughest outline in the world. And if I would have kept going with that, I would have really thought that that was the book. But I needed time away from that book. And I needed to restructure it. I needed to look at my target population. I really needed to say, wait, God, you're not, you know, taking me down this entire road to get me to the end. Thank you for giving me that brick wall. So I will say, I will say, yeah, God, thank you for those brick walls. So I want to talk about some tips on how to get over writer's block. So the first thing to do is just to get out. I'm saying get outside, go to a museum. There are so many things that you can do. Take a walk. Just go sit out in the grass (laughs) outside. Just go um, find a park, go to a state park. I'm all about the state park systems. Um, Just Be away from your computer. 
be away from your environment. So you guys know that I also write poetry. I've been sharing a lot of my poetry lately, which is something that I never did prior um, to just getting over a brick wall. And that was more of uh, my self-doubt on those, but I've been sharing them every day. And when you're out, you can see things in new ways. You can have new experiences that can help build your scenes, your character development. We're always out there working. Yesterday, I wrote two poems from us going to the History Museum. Had nothing to do with anything inside the museum. One of the poems I wrote was about a man on the concrete with his shoe off. And another poem was the conversation that I have with my boys on the way home and their new their vocabulary, the way that they speak with each other. They're teenagers or 16 and 11, and they have this really cool new language. And so I wanted to capture that language. And so those two poems came out of just us getting out. And I probably wouldn't have written anything otherwise. And now I have that memory of the man on the concrete and the woman in the flowery dress on her flip phone. All right. Number two, read. And I'm talking about read for enjoyment. Just get yourself lost in a book. You do not have to go out and try to find, like, for me, I have books on my list that I know that I've always wanted to read. So when I do go to places and a book hits, like sits at me and says, I want you to you know, get me by me. I'm like, oh, I'll save it for a rainy day. Well, have your writer's block bucket by your desk, by your writing area and have it just filled with books. You know, there are books that I love, like Pride and Prejudice. I could reread over and over again. You know, pick up a series. You don't even have to start with the first book. Just go to a place. Just go to a book that you just love. Read for enjoyment. Doesn't have to be a new book either. It can be the olds. What drew you to love that book? And maybe you just need to read it again. Now, this is not going to work for me. Number three, outline or plan. But the sketch wheel. So I'm going to give you number three of how to get out of overwriter's block as maybe you really need to just step away from your story and spend some time outlining it, kind of seeing where it's going, seeing what kind of potholes you might be having in your bumpy ride. How can you try to smooth some areas out? Because then if you go back and maybe you fix an area, then the next part will just naturally flow. So then maybe you need to really do an outline. That might work for you. I wrote sketch on here because maybe you need to just spend some time doodling. There is research behind, you know, the drawing and activating that side. But for me, I would probably pull images here. I would go to just start looking up images all the way across Google or Pinterest. Just whatever my topic is, just putting in words and maybe something could spark my creativity. But the outline and the plan, it works for a lot of people. The more I talk with authors, I really respect that we all have this kind of way that we do things. So I had to put number three in there. Okay, number four. Author communities are powerful for you. If you've got writer's block, you're not alone. Other people may have, you know, just come to these brick walls and they just, they just might be brain tired, like, 
sometimes you get to to the point where you might just need to talk it out with someone. You know, pray for me, ask for prayer in an author community, um, text one of your writer friends, email me, jenlowrywrites at gmail.com and say, I've got one of those brick walls you were talking about. <laughs> pray for me. But you just know that we all have times where we might stare in front and say, I don't know what to say. Oh, excuse me, I yawned. This is me. Uh, seven o'clock, seven a.m. without coffee. Um, but know that, that there are author communities out there that you could receive support from. So I would say, you know, if you get a moment, get out of your story, get into to another author's situation, kind of refresh your mind, maybe give some advice or tips to somebody else and then challenge yourself back. That can really help you in author communities too. So number five, identify any distractions that you might have. I will tell you social media can become a distraction. I'm going to be honest with me. as I want to talk about myself here. I know that if we're spending way too much time on Twitter or on trying to trying to build a platform, if we're not really writing, then we're not going to really have anything, you know, the ultimate result. Like we're just kind of hanging out out there in the Twitterverse. Well, we need to be writing too. There is a time and a place for everything. And yes, you do need to carve out time in your schedule to be able to get on social media, be active in the communities, engage with people, learn and listen, and use that as models. But you've got to be careful with your distractions. Now I'll tell you, I have like limited distractions right now. And so when I'm talking about identify distractions, you also could change your schedule around. So I get up super early in the morning and my routine is usually get up, go downstairs, get my coffee, you know, kind of check over everything. I'm on the Bible verses. I'm looking up uh, my devotional. I'm doing those things. And, you know, I've got like, like I'm reading Pooja's book too, along with my Bible readings. And I do that on a daily basis, but I like to get up earlier now than ever before because I have less distractions. Like when my children are up, I'm going to want to engage and talk with my children. I'm going to want to have those conversations. I'm going to want to hear the UFC news with my son and uh, then maybe drink another cup of coffee with him. Or maybe our day will start like like this week is it's venture time. You know, it's, it's spring break and I have to get up super early. Because I do want to also go out with them and, and have our adventures. <sighs> There's another distraction, being tired. <laughs> um, eliminate, eliminate. So figure out what your distractions are and see what you can do to rearrange your schedule. And I will say that I used to think I was a night owl, like I identified, people would talk about, you know, when are you most productive? I'll be like, I'll stay up half the night. You know, my kids would be playing video games. I'd be on my computer and we would be doing our things. You know, those, those were our hobbies. But now, I, the older that, I don't know, I just changed. I got to get up in the morning and I got to work early. So you will find me, like on my times off on my Saturdays, on my Sundays, really early in the morning. And my routine in the summer was 
very rigid. I needed to get up. I needed to do my Bible study. I needed to do my journal writing. And I would make goal lists for the day. I needed to do that last summer. I'm so goal oriented at this point that I kind of can do all of that in my head. I don't have my journal beside me anymore, but I used to. I still have my journal handy if I need it. And I still do take notes on my phone, but I'm not carrying around that journal as stringent as I was doing it. And it's because I needed to build in those patterns. So whatever your distractions are, figure out ways to overcome those and then set a plan in place to do it. And then follow through. You know, follow through is key. Then when you start building positive writing habits and spaces, then check your creativity. Check to see if your word count has improved. Okay, number six. What if you're at this wall? Because you might need to research more. Now, you guys are going to hear me. You know, you know, the, the whole point of the research is to add the depth of, to your work. Well, what if you're just kind of surfacing your work and you really haven't spent the time in the psyche of the characters or you haven't spent the time really developing out that plot and you just might not have researched to that point. And so you might be stuck because you really don't know enough about the topic. Now, if you're writing fantasy and I respect you so much because you get to take this blank canvas and you get to create just phenomenal beings and environments and situations. But if you're writing contemporary fiction and you want it to be, you know, I can't just write everything that I know here in, from my small town. Um, I've got to branch myself out from what I know and researching is the way to do that. And so YouTube research documentaries okay I'm a documentary girl I can watch a documentary every single day of my life and be completely satisfied and happy research also might be watching movies in your genre seeing what screenwriters are doing seeing what other authors are doing what are other authors talking about in your genre and so there's so many like subsets and genres you can go and let's say you're writing romance and you know that you're writing a clean romance well you've got a sweet sweet talks that you can do you can go and look up you know common themes you could say oh there's another aspect that I haven't thought about in this character with this character because you just spent time out researching in your genre might not even have to be researching a particular town or to try to model out of a town like say you know you're gonna pick a, a random town in Pittsburgh you know you don't know anything about the area the locals the feel or the vibes you know you can recreate that by doing YouTube tours and, and just checking out all kinds of Chamber of Commerce places and walking that's what I did with Sweet Potato Jones I wanted to have a place that was close to the an army base that was going to be important for later development in the story so I needed I needed that and so I started looking at army bases and I knew Fort Bragg of course because my dad served there and so I'm like well what are other army bases and then I found the one in Newport News where Sweet Potato could go and be new and I just love that play off the Newport in the news um, 
in the story. And then I started researching the area and I went through there a couple of times when, when, you know, just quite a few times just driving through over the bridge and things like that, um, traveling. But I've never stayed in Newport News, but I had to get a feel of the place. I had to get a feel for the community because it was so embedded in community that I wanted it to feel realistic. I wanted it to be like if someone was from Virginia and they went through Newport News or they would say, you know what, that's got a really cool vibe to that place. That's that's the place I know. That's the place I grew up in. It could be that. And so I had to research that. And it took a lot of work. You know, I was looking up homeless shelters. I was looking up transitional programs. I was reading all about step programs. And I was learning that, okay, things like this do exist. Well, let Miss Betty, who's the program director named after my mama, let Miss Betty, you know, have that in place. And now let me create something for Miss Betty. And how can I play off of these words and, and what can I, you know, use so that way if somebody, you know, has experienced homelessness and they've been in one of these family shelters, then they can say, okay, mine wasn't quite like that, but I can see how that could be realistic. So maybe you just need to research. Number seven, remember who you're writing for. You're writing for you, right? You're writing for the Lord. So what if you're caught up right now in your brick wall because you're worried about your reader and you're, you're thinking about your critics and you're thinking about your reviews and you're worried about what people are going to say or do or think or feel. and You're trying a new genre and this isn't typical for you or, you know, and, and then how's it going to be received? OK, wait a second. You are just got to stop. You're going to stop yourself like today and you're going to write for you. Okay, remember why you've started this journey to start with. It's because it's your passion. It's your calling. The Lord has given you this gift right for you. And then everything else is going to fall into place. It's just you and that computer. It's that Holy Spirit vehicle. You're going to get there and you're going to get in front of that computer. You're going to type, 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 type. And you're writing for you. And have fun with it. You know, if you get in those frustrating moments and the writing is frustrating and the writing isn't the release of everything that's going on in your mind and, and your heart and you just got to get it all out and you're starting to feel frustrated and you're starting to feel upset or you're starting to worry. I'm going to be honest with you guys. It might not have anything to do with the writing at all. You might have something else that's frustrating you or bothering you. There may have been a conversation that you just can't let go of that happened two weeks ago. You know, whatever it is, that can infiltrate the system. And that can really harm you when it's your turn to write. And so you might say, hey, I've got writer's block because that's an easy way for us to talk about it in our world. But what if we've got some other things that are going on that we need to deal with? So that way we can come to our writing and find joy in it again, because it might not even be about the writing period. And so that's why I kind of left number seven, because that's one of the biggest challenges that I, as I think that I can give you for today. Is to write for you. And to, and to clear yourself up each day 
Repent to the Lord. Pray to the Lord. Ask the Lord to help you. Because we are writing this because it is a passion. You know, even for those of us like that didn't major in English and creative writing, we probably wanted to. <laughs> we probably wish we would have. And then we say, but we still have it in us. We still have our own voice. And you know what, guys? This Jen Lowry voice, yes, it's unique. But there could be somebody out there that could read my works and my voice. And they can say, well, she might not have had the A through Z training and all of these fancy this and that and the other when it comes to writing. But I could hear her heart. I could feel her heart. I could read her heart in the books that she writes. And that's because hopefully I've started out these stories writing for me. Well, Sweet Potato Jones, look how long she stayed on the computer before, you know, she's being published. You're talking years and years of writing for me. But then we can't just hold it all. We got to continue to write. We got to get over the walls. So that way, then we can share our work with the Lord, with the Lord, with people, with publishers, you know, with agents. And then there's could be other brick walls coming in. Once you write the book, that's not it. That's not it. There's more to do. You know, the author work is never done. It is never done. But you got to find joy in it. I take it as a daily challenge. So I want to read this quote one more time from the last lecture. The brick walls are there to give us a chance to show how badly we want something. All right. I hope this has been helpful. You can like this video. You can subscribe to my channel where all things can happen on this channel. It can be homeschool, teaching, um, public school. It can be devotionals. It can be this writing world that um, I'm so immersed in right now. So stick around. Never know what's next. All right. If you're looking for my challenge devotionals on Amazon, go right on over and type in Dr. Jennifer Eichner Lowry and you'll see my 30 day everyday mom challenge, my 30 day teacher challenge, fingerprint curriculum for my homeschool families, and one that's closest to my heart is the happy renewal year challenge devotional. I dare you to go and check them out today. You can also find that they're on Kindle Unlimited because I want you guys to have access. I often put them up for free uh, promotional items. I'll do countdowns. Um, so that way you can grab one. You can gift them with a friend. You can share them out on your sites. And people can go on this journey with us. In December of 2019, look out for the release of my author challenge devotional. I'm looking forward to that one and sharing it with you. So 
So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.